Welcome, sports fans, to the Shoot Your Thought podcast with your hosts, Josh Sanger and Neil Rampersod. Hello and welcome to the Shoot Your Thought a podcast. My name is Josh. That is Neil. Neil, how are you? Fantastic, Josh. Well, are you not, fantastic? I'm I'm faking it today. You're faking you know, it. I knew you would be faking it. And why are you faking it, Neil? Explain to our viewership why you are not in a good mood. I might just rage quit this fantasy <laughs> season in every league I'm in. I beat Neil in our fantasy matchup this past week because I am the superior fantasy player, even though we're both still sitting at the bottom <laughs> of our league. Both sitting at one and three right now, but um, uh, what all, all that matters right now is that Josh beat Neil. Let me tell you, let me tell you, going into that Monday night game, uh, it was to say it wasn't looking good for Josh would be an understatement. Uh, I, I think I, I was up by maybe 12, 13 points, and I had no players playing in the Monday night game, and Neil had Keenan Allen. And Carlson, the kicker for the Raiders. So all he needed was uh, a, a, a low or a medium medium floor game from Keenan Allen, and maybe a field goal and a point after for Carlson. And somehow, somehow, some way, the intimidation factor of my team was enough for uh, for a mediocre, less than mediocre performance from Keenan Allen. <laughs> And a, uh, I think just one point after from the kicker, Carlson. So what did that mean, Neil? It meant that you won <laughs> by three points. It meant I kicked tight... your ass. I got to say, like, the, the trash talk between you and I throughout the week had, like, really escalated until yeah. it got to Monday. And it it's so funny that it came down to the Monday game where I had the two players who theoretically should have put a point. Should have. But holy fuck. For Keenan Allen to get stuffed, you know, across the field, and then Daniel Carson to be eliminated because, you know, the, they, the Raiders needed a touchdown. They were, not they were down by so much. As soon as the Raiders got down by as much as they were down, I'm like, all right, they're not going to kick a field Daniel goal. Daniel Carson also had a chance to kick a 50-yard field goal, he and did, he missed it. And he missed it. He missed it. Oh, man. I was watching that game. Never, Never have I cheered so much. For a missed field goal opportunity. It came down to literally the last possession. Because, you know, they were still throwing. Both teams were still throwing. And, uh, yeah, that was all I needed to come out on top. So, Neil transferred me the money that we uh, that we bet each other when this week Horrible. was happening. Horrible. It was, a, it was an up and down roller coaster. Tyreek Hill scored... What? How many fan? How many? We're in a PPR league. Tyreek had a, a ridiculous week. Like 52, 53 fantasy points in our PPR league. Yes, unheard he had of. 50, 51.8 or something like that. Yeah, like I crazy. I saw that and I was just like, all right, it's over. One hundred ninety yards, three touchdowns. If you have Tyreek Hill, you you probably won your won your week unless you're you're me. Unless you're <laughs> Neil, yeah. Unless you're up against a far superior team by the name of waiting for goddard yeah yeah i kicked your ass should we get into uh the rest of our show let's start our show i mean like the, the, the trash talk is going to continue but we should get into uh, to the actual show here uh the raptors started their preseason and young they looked, young raptors 
They looked pretty good. They looked great. Scotty Barnes has already solidified himself. I mean, like, I don't want to jump the gun here, but I, I feel like he's he's in this group now. He's in this team. He's going to be, like, he's not going to start on the G League team. He's he's going to start as, maybe, uh, obviously, on the bench, but... No, I think he's going to start right away. This is you think like, he's going to be in the starting five right away? You know, there's there's a lot of emphasis around Scotty Barnes this year, and, and the coach himself has said, hey... Scotty Barnes will play as many minutes as he can handle. Wow. You know, like it's come right out, and now it's announced that Chris Boucher, He's who needs be, to yeah. fucking muscle up and put some weight on, is going to miss three to four weeks because but of a finger injury. He looks so, fucking fly on that bench, though, with those with those specs. Oh, he looks he looks fly. But to your point, yes, I agree. Chris Boucher. Yeah. Chris Boucher, like he's gonna miss three to four weeks. As will Pascal Siakam to start the start the uh, the year. So what's Siakam that mean? three to four weeks? Siakam might be longer. We don't know. Like I'm I'm estimating he's probably going to end up missing the first month because of his off season surgery. But you know what this does is it now gives the Raptors an opportunity to showcase Scotty Barnes at the four to be the point forward, not the power forward. The point, the point forward. forward. Okay. Scotty Barnes. <clears throat> His line, he had like 11.6 assists, six boards for a power forward this, in this limited minutes. This kid can minutes. do it all. This he can kid, do it all. He was, when, when the Raptors drafted him, where they drafted him, there was a lot of flack that they caught. There yeah. was a lot of people, there were a lot of people that were not happy. A lot of people sitting on their couch with popcorn in Jaylen their hand. Jalen Suggs was the, everyone thought we were getting Jalen Suggs. Everyone thought that. Um, but if you look at this team, that's not who they needed, especially like going into the season. They know they knew they were going to be without Siakam. Um, they needed to solidify that position, the power forward, or as you put it, the point forward. Uh, they needed, they needed a bigger guy. And that's, that's what Scotty Barnes was. And so them taking Scotty Barnes, you know, everyone at first was just like, no, this, this is not what we need, but he's looking pretty good. Yeah. I mean, like he, Scotty Barnes is so, he's so lovable. You know what I mean? Like just the way he plays, his energy, you know, even him pregame, like when he was coming out, we were just talking about this before the show, the run, his run out and not only his run out, like his unorthodox self like his unorthodox energy like no one can match his energy he comes out energetic he even managed to muster a smile out of 35 year old goran Dragic, who doesn't want to be in toronto who he managed to get him to smile toronto. by coming out and like shaking goran Dragic, and like goran is like what the fuck like this is actually exciting and does does Dragic stay on this team for now for now yeah we're Which is great, you know. Build up some trade value, and then we get him out of here. But fair, fair enough. He's thirty-five. He has a place on this team. He, he's probably going to be a great asset to for these young guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, like we just got a, rid of a, our biggest veteran, our biggest asset in Kyle Lowry. So yeah, yeah, fair enough. If it, you know, if anything, he's going to be really good for a guy like Malachi Flynn. You True. know, playing with side by side with you, just picking his brain. You know, having. A 35-year-old vet for young... Van Vliet's pretty young, too. To have, like, a vet there that they can kind of bounce ideas off of and, and play with, this is going to be great for this team. Yeah. And, and just the fact that we... This was the first time in how many days was it? Like, 455 
days. The first time the Raptors played a home game in that long. And, you know, part of me is, is, is thinking about Kyle Lowry in this situation and the fact that he never got to have his goodbye game as a Raptor, like yeah. in Toronto. Um, I mean, he'll obviously, it's, he's going he's gonna to sob when he comes back to Toronto. When Miami comes to Toronto next, he's, he's, he's going to be gone. It's going to be like my mom watching any sad movie ever. Yeah, it's going to be bad. But um, the fact that the, the Raptors played a home game and, you know, it wasn't a huge crowd. Obviously, it was a preseason game, and we're still operating at a very limited capacity. First time in two years, though. First time in two years. It's insane. It is insane. Like, I, I really think, you know, watching this team blow out the the second unit for the 76ers, but, like, do it in a way. The Raptors have one thing that they improved on this year is their length. You know, a lot of their players that they brought in, like a Chuiwa, um, Scotty Barnes, uh, you look at someone like Justin Champagny. Like, th- one thing is clear with this team is that there's length on this team. And, like, their second unit, even Watanabe, who is now coming <coughs> off from the second unit, like, he belongs on this team. He's improved. He's a really good defender. He's improved his offense a little bit. We're going to see that in the, in, the, in the preseason here. But there is optimism for this team going into the season. And, fuck, like, there needs to be. You know, playing in front of their home crowd, they're young. They're, it's probably going to be a lot of a lot of grinding games this year for them. But you know, their core's back, except for Kyle Lowry. Except for Kyle Lowry, yeah. You know, like we gonna, we're going to get a full year out of guys like um, Ken Birch, guys like Ken Birch. Yeah, like there's, I mean, the the band's back, right? So we'll see if they can do some damage. You know, that the East. Eastern Conference is beefed up a little bit. You know, teams like Chicago are now a team to fuck with. Chicago's you know? like, they've got a big three, big four, I guess. Yeah, if got, you want to include I wouldn't ball say big. There. They've got like a medium four. DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine, uh, Vucevic. Yeah. That's and three, and, and Lonzo Ball. I would, I would, see, that's why I was, I was, I was going to say big four, but I, I said big three. Like, like medium. It's a medium sized mm. big. Like what's the size in between large and medium? Like a like a tall? Like a marge. Like a tall. Okay, like a tall. I'm just I speak in what only you, Starbucks terminology. Tall now. means yeah, tall means small in, in Starbucks language. But this is this is in no way a venti, I'll tell you that. <laughs> That's just how we should describe it. Grande teams is this grand yeah, this is a grande four. It's a grande four? Grande four. Alright. I'll take that. Uh yeah, but no, this this team looked good. Speaking of Kyle Lowry, though, how was it seeing him in a Miami Heat jersey on the floor? I kind of it, it kind of looked right. You know what I mean? It looked no, he it looked didn't. he looked good in a Miami Heat jersey. What do you mean it looked right? He looked good in a Miami Heat jersey. Yeah, he looked good. Do in you Miami prefer Heat him jersey. there as opposed to Toronto? Like, do you do you honestly think? I think this one kind of you know with the way he finished off his his tenure in Toronto. It hurt a little less than when Chris Bosh went to Miami X amount of years ago. Oh, yeah, of course. You know, that, so, that's a whole different scenario. You know, now knowing that, that he, you know, like Kyle Lowry is making, he, like he, he's still getting paid. He's still appreciated. Oh, he's getting paid. He's getting paid. You know, he's making way for younger players to, to take the next step in Toronto. If he was there, I think it would do a little bit of a disservice to guys who are trying to take the next step, like Flynn. 
like Van Vliet. Like Van Vliet, yeah. You know, like these guys need to, to be given a chance. Even young guys on the team, like Gary Trent Jr., you know, like he needs to be given a chance because now there's two guard spots. Kyle Lowry was going to occupy at least one of them. Yeah. So they were, yeah, Van Vliet wasn't even playing as a, as a proper point guard for most of the season. No. He was operating as a shooting guard when Kyle Lowry was on the floor. Uh, but now this is literally Van Vliet's team. This is he's the point guard. He is the point guard, and we can have Gary Trent Jr. operate operate as that shooting guard, like it should be, like a scorer. Yeah. So I think part of me thinks that Kyle Lowry leaving Toronto was kind of like when Marcus Saul left Toronto. If you remember what Marcus Saul said when he when he left Toronto to go to the Lakers, he said. Um, he doesn't think he can offer this team what it needs right now. So he needs to, again, I'm paraphrasing here, but um, he said something along the lines of he, he doesn't think he can make this team a winning team. So he's going to go where his, his, his talents at that age and at that size can be of more use. And that's why he went to the Lakers. So I think part of me thinks that that's a similar mindset that Kyle Lowry has. Do you agree? I think so. I, Kyle Lowry's going to have a great season. Don't get me wrong. Like he, 100%. playing in that offense, you know, playing with you know Tyler Hero, playing with Jimmy Butler, playing with a young stud like Bam Adebayo. Like this, that team's going to go places this year, you know. And he fits yeah. that mold really well, you know. So you know they got valuable pieces back in in Goran Dragic and Achuiwa, who I think is going to have a breakout year this year. Yeah, you know, so he has a lot of potential that that Achuiwa does. First name Precious. He's first name Precious. He's kind of precious. He is. I feel like he's precious, yeah. and he's, he's precious asset for our team. Oh, that was that was lined up. You lined yourself up for that. That was yeah. That was something. Um, yeah, no, the opportunity is there for these players. Like all of these players have an opportunity right in front of them to have a breakout year. Gary Trent Jr. has the opportunity. Watanabe has a good opportunity. Um, Mr. Precious has a good opportunity. Like it's it's right there. Scotty Barnes even like the 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 top five, like the starting five, is not set by any means. Mm-hmm. And so like those those starting positions are up for grabs. And I think Nick Nurse wants to to leave it that way at least for the start of the season, so that these players can jump in and grab yeah. them. Yeah. Exciting years ahead for Scotty Barnes, but uh, should we move on? Speaking of exciting years ahead, ooh, look at that segue. The Blue Jays, um, unfortunately, their season did come to a close. They did all they could the last series. They literally, they blew out Baltimore. You and I went to the game on Saturday, Yeah, and they just destroyed Baltimore. They were like, this is, we're going to do everything we can to make the postseason, and they did. They you can't to, fault right? them for that. Yeah. They got good pitching. They got their offense came to play, but you know they they didn't get any help. You know from the teams they needed help from. So that's the thing. Like and came I, down I to the last inning. It literally did. Bottom of the on ninth. Sunday. Bottom of the ninth. Where the Red Sox, you know, came back with that dramatic ninth inning comeback against um, Washington. Fuck and you, Washington. Yeah, I mean, did you see the Kevin Cash theory? The um the theory that because he 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 threw in a pitcher and later on in the game against the Yankees that was that has not been doing well, and he looked at the standings and obviously if if he if, if the Yankees beat the Rays on Sunday then that we would have gone into that playoff um 
game in before the wild card game, and he he saw the the run differential between the Jays and the Yankees, and it was a significant. The Jays have scored. It's it's no secret. The Jays have scored significantly more runs than pretty much any other team in the MLB, and he saw the run differential. And he threw in a poor pitcher at the end of that game so that the Yankees could win. So that he would rather face the Red Sox or the Yankees over the Jays. That's that's a theory. I'm not saying that that happened, but that's the Kevin Cash theory. Is that Kevin Cash, the manager for the Tampa Bay Rays, threw in a, a, a poorer pitcher against the Yankees so that the Yankees could beat the Rays. And then thus getting them into the wild card and the playoffs. That's fucking bullshit. That's what I think of that. But like I, I, I play watched the game, this. play the game to win. I guess rest your stars if you're worried about them not being fresh for, you know, game one in the playoffs. But don't, don't play the game to win. Always play the game to win. This I, I've talked about this a lot, specifically on this on this podcast. Um, we go back to, yeah. I, I don't want to talk about it, but like, remember what Doug Peterson did with the Eagles at the end of last season when the Giants did make the playoffs because he, he threw in his rookie quarterback yeah. in the second half of the game. I'm not going to get into that, but I, I, I will say just play the game to win at all at all costs. Obviously, if you're already in the playoffs and, and you know, you, you have certain players, you know, that you want to rest, fine, do that. But at that point in the game, there was no reason to throw in a new pitcher. That's all I'm going to say. So it is a theory. I'm not sure if it happened, but let's get back to the actual Blue Jays. What do they need to do this offseason? Well, I mean, there's a lot that... I mean, this is going to be a crucial offseason for the Jays, and personally, I don't know if they can bring everyone back if they can get the band back right now and when i say that i mean guys like marcus Semyon, guys like robbie ray robbie ray i even think that they may blow it up a little this year no they no they, they might can't. have to they they, okay, they they have to take no they will not blow if it up. i was a gm of this team i would have to take <laughs> a little bit of our assets and put it elsewhere to where we need it it, let, let's say theoretically we can't bring a guy like Marcus Simeon back. And you're convinced. You were already convinced that we're not going to bring back Simeon. I, yeah, I mean, like, you know, like if, if Simeon doesn't want to play second base, he's going to go elsewhere at the end of the day. Yeah, he wants to be a shortstop. That's he can make money anywhere. He, he was on a very team-friendly $18 million contract <laughs> this year. I doubt he's coming back. He's going to get a max deal from a team like L.A., the Dodgers, who maxes everyone out, yeah, relent throws relentless money, and they can probably fit him in at, at shortstop. Either that or the Yankees. The Yankees are in need of a shortstop. If Marcus, right? if Marcus Semien goes to the Yankees, good lord, I don't know if that would make me like him or hate him. Anyways, there's going to be a team that's going to pay him, and you know the the one player that I think that they need to spend money on is Robbie Ray, the, the perennial mastermind this year every time he's on the on the mound he's, gonna he win figured, the young. he's figured out his mechanics because of pete walker he's figured out his mechanics in toronto i think he's gonna want to stay the way he's been loved by this city i think he loves the city as well i think they're gonna give him a big a big contract to be the ace of this team because let's face it ryu sucked this year he didn't have a good year yeah you're, you're right about that um 
so Robbie Ray, there's no question that Robbie Ray is the ace. Um, I'm going to bring up another rumor I saw. It's not, it's not about uh, the playoffs, but um, it was, what was the, it was a, it was a, I can't remember if it was a tweet or on Instagram, but someone replied to Marcus Stroman. Did you see this? Someone replied to Marcus Stroman saying, <clears throat> um, how about a reunion between, uh, or no, he, he, they said, how about, or how good would you look next to Manoa in this rotation? And Stroman <laughs> replied saying, I'm not opposed to a, to a reunion. So he's, he said, I'm definitely open to a reunion. I'm definitely open to a reunion. So I don't know. Would you want to see Marcus Strom? I mean, I still have his jersey. Absolutely not. No? Absolutely I mean, he did, not. He did trash the front office as soon as he left. I would not want this guy anywhere close to what we have going right now for the Blue Jays. And I'll tell you why. But Neil. Marcus Stroman's ego is bigger than his game. But height doesn't all measure Marcus, heart. All Marcus Stroman... Neil, height doesn't measure heart. All he cares about is himself. <laughs> you know, all he cares about is himself. He cares... He doesn't give a flying fuck about the team. You know, he's, he made his MLB debut in Toronto in 2014. And yeah, like, the city embraced him. The city appreciated his energy. But that energy translated into, you know, not really much. Like, he has a 61 and 60 career uh win loss record he's one game over 500 so he's won one more game than he's lost his era has been great yeah you know he has energy but he's also been known as you know a bit of a cancer in the in the clubhouse what do the blue jays have going on right now it's a lot of fun in that clubhouse with vlad with Bo. With Robbie Ray, even it's with their of, jacket, of, their home run jacket that they're putting on pictures guys. after. Yeah, it's a lot of guys that don't have egos that go out support one another that are cheering for one another. You know, there's none of this like sort of like ego, like I'm bigger than the, the team mentality. You know what I mean? They all these guys hang probably hang out outside of work, outside of their um, their clubhouse as well, right? So 100%. I don't know. Marcus Stroman can be open to. <laughs> A reunion, but I don't see him back on this team. I I would have to disagree. I would love to see Marcus Stroman back on this team. I think um, he would he would not come in as the same braggadocious player he was. I think going over to the Mets, he he did not have you know the success he did when he was in Toronto. Like he wasn't a, he was never our ace in Toronto. We never we never asked him to be our ace. Um, and I think he misses the. The culture of Toronto. Every time you talk about, he talks about it in interviews. He always talks about the culture of Toronto and how much he it meant to him. So I think he does miss that, and he he probably doesn't feel as fulfilled in on the Mets. So yeah, obviously he's going to put stuff out on social media saying, you know, trying to get that ball rolling. You know, insane. Like I'm just looking at a stat here with Blue Jays relievers by the month. April, it was like this is like where the Jays lost a lot of their games. It'd be in the playoffs right now if it wasn't for their bullpen. Let's be honest here. And I'd never want to hear anyone ever say it's early ever again because it's never yeah too early. Those games you will all, all come back and bite you in the ass later on. The Jays season. lost by one game out of a playoff yeah. spot. Yeah, you know, so their their ERA, their bullpen ERA, two point five two in April, 
4.54 in May. I mean, that's when their closure went down, right? Yeah. June, 4.47. July, 4.7. So it hovered in that mid-4 range up through for the rest of the year. September and October, 4.49. Brutal. They need to... Almost last in the AL in all those categories except for April. So do you think if you... If Semyon doesn't return, which I, I think you are convinced that it, he that won't happen. Um, he's, he's not coming back. Do you invest that money in a bullpen, in a better bullpen? Yes. I mean, you could. You also have options like Nate Nate Pearson, who could be a steady arm in the bullpen, right? You have guys like Yates potentially returning next year. Mm-hmm. Romano is steady. Merriweather, if he's healthy, he's a force. Do you think Nate Pearson turns into like a Craig Kimbrell? Where he, yeah. he's he's just like a glorified closer. And I not, think he'd be a fantastic setup man for Romano. I think we keep Romano in that position. In a closer he's in. position. He was lights out this year when he 100%. became a, a closer. So having Nate Pearson available, you know, if we can bring a guy back, you know, like Romano or you know, like I mean, let's let's face it. Like our our bullpen was in shambles when injuries hit us, but we yeah. have players that are we have those pieces there. if they're healthy i mean like this goes for any team like if your players are healthy obviously you're going to play your best um we just need everyone to stay healthy and we need um to have legitimate backups and not just yeah. guys you pick up off the street it's also important that we have our home stadium next year 100 percent throughout the entire the jays are playing on the road for more than 75 percent of the season you know so when they were in toronto you know what their home record was 25 and 11 their home record. A lot of in people Buffalo, counted this team. Oh yeah, sorry. Go Buffalo, ahead. our home, our home record was twelve and eleven. Dunedin was ten and eleven. So we were five hundred in like when we weren't home, and then we were obviously at a seven hundred percent winning percentage when we did come back to Rogers yeah, Center. We so. need to, and, and you know, no one's no one's taking that. Like that's a factor when everyone's talking about this Jays team. I don't think anyone is upset. About this Jays team. Yeah. Like, obviously, okay, we're upset, but we're not disappointed, let's say. Yeah, I mean, I... This team looks I'll really be disappointed good. if Marcus Stroman gets signed here, but... I'll be disappointed if Marcus Semyon leaves. Next year, I, I'd love to see Berrios, you know, re- like, probably um, re-signed here for a longer contract. He's, you know, a great guy to have in this rotation. Manoa could possibly take another step forward. Oh, he will. If we want to stretch out Nate Pearson, we also have faith that he's not going to get injured. He's an option. Uh, we still have Ross Stripling available. This is a good team. You know what I mean? This Our rotation was an area of strength this year, but I feel like getting Robbie Ray re-signed long-term is crucial because he's still young. He's still yeah. like 27 or 28. Our, uh... He looks like he's fucking 49. <laughs> when I found out how old he was, that was that was a weird day for me. Yeah. When I found out that he was the same age as me, that was that was a weird day. Um, what about Merriweather? Do we move on from Merriweather? Or do we give we, him a little bit no, more No, we chance? give him a little longer leash because we he was great at the beginning of the season, but he got injured and like coming back from Fair. a four month injury isn't easy, right? So just give him another shot. Especially with what we we traded away for him. If you'll remember, that was the Josh Donaldson trade. Like that's mm-hmm. 
when we give a player a player like Josh Donaldson, who kind of went to work on us when we played them in that series, um, you want to hang on to your assets there to see if they amount to anything or more than what they've been amounting to. This team wants to run it back as well. You know, George Springer has gone on the record saying that they want to resign. Well, he wants the Jays to resign Sammy and, and Robbie and Ray. Robbie and Ray. They all want to run it back. They're all saying, yo, next year, it's not going to be too early. Next year, we're going to be a force to be They're going to be at home the whole season. They're going to be at home. They're going to be, yeah. If this team is at home the whole season, they are winning the AL East. Putting it out there now. If they're at home the whole season, they're winning the AL East. Yeah. Done. Signed, sealed, delivered. Even if they can't bring Simeon back, I think they should trade a guy, you know, like Biggio or trade a guy like Guriel, where they can get a stud player back in return. You know, like you look at the trade that the Dodgers made with Washington to acquire Max Scherzer yeah. and Trey Turner. They didn't really give up that much. Yeah. But you, you got to go towards like a one of those uh, rebuilding teams because Guriel and Biggio are two younger stars. Yeah. I look at a team like Cleveland who has some infield depth there and like they could probably want to get rid of, you know, like like any of those inflows. Like they already got rid of Lindor. <laughs> you know, yeah. like it's... When you get rid of a Lindor, you're like, oh, okay, we're rebuilding for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime. That I know. Jose Ramirez is a name <laughs> that comes to mind. I'm also look, like looking around the league and... There are some shitty teams that could want to... That have stars on them. Have stars on them. So let's go after that. Trevor Story. Trevor Story. You know, like, that's an option. You think the Rockies are a rebuilding team? 100%. They almost traded him at the deadline this year. Every analyst across the league could not believe that Trevor Story never got (laughs) traded this year. Fair enough. Anyways, like that, we're just you know speculating here, but um, the Blue Jays will be making some moves this offseason. Hopefully, they re-sign some of their their studs. But we will uh, keep it. We'll be talking about it here on our uh, Shoot Your Thought podcast. Absolutely, if do. this whole offseason. Uh, should we should we move on? Let's move on. Uh, speaking of our teams that won this past week, did your team? Did your football team win this past week? Uh, I wouldn't really call them a football team because they're mm. playing like a, you know, junior varsity team. Fair. Um, no, they did not win. And after the game, you know, they lost to the Packers in pretty pretty convincing fashion. You know, after the game, it wasn't really a competition. Mike Tomlin said that uh, Big Ben had a hip injury. <laughs> I shouldn't be laughing. I shouldn't be laughing. Uh, I don't know if that's true. It it's could be true that he has a hip injury, but uh, but it's just. It I would just love sounds for him like... to take a t- some time off on the IR, get a hip replacement. Yeah, maybe. He's, let's face it, he's old. He's playing old and and haggard and. But it's it's or give him a walker. Give him when a he's walker. On the field. Yeah, it, it sounds like um, Tomlin was trying to make excuses for the way that Big Ben was playing, like them bringing him back after that atrocious playoff performance last year then bringing him back the this front office is going to be in a lot of heat it, they started 11 and 0 last year they did i know and since since they went 11 and 0 they've probably gone like maybe 3 and 12 or something like that or this was a very similar team on paper they got better since last year like the steelers did and how did this team go 11 and 0 last year has Big Ben uh, 
gotten that bad over the span of less than a how year? How did they win their first game against Buffalo? Who knows? Like, who knows how these things happen, right? Like, they, they just happen. Yeah. What I'm saying right now that needs to happen with these, like, now I was looking at a, a power rankings, you know, like, um, ranking of teams in the NFL right now, and Pittsburgh's ranked 25th out of 32 teams. And I really feel... Like the time is now. If he has a hip injury, get him out of the game. Get him set. Like get him on the IR. Give guys like Dwayne Haskins a chance. Would you? Are you actually asking for Dwayne Haskins to be your starting quarterback? Right I am. Now? I am asking for Dwayne Haskins. After what I've seen wow. out of four games of Big Ben, he's done. He's completely done. Yeah. He has nothing left. There's no way that this team can change <laughs> offensive coordinators in the offseason, bringing in Matt Canada, and the exact same bullshit is happening where they're doing these stupid fucking short screen passes over and over and over again. Not getting any... I mean, it can't feel. be the same bullshit. The, the consistency there is a quarterback play. New offensive coordinator can't be the same guy calling... Can't be the same calls are being called. Now you kind of have to point the blame at the quarterback. So I'm saying get him out of there. Bring in a guy who can actually be mobile and not just standing there throwing like this, <laughs> throwing fucking flat-footed screen passes. Yeah. It's horrible. Uh, but my team won. Just going just gonna to ease that transition into uh, Saquon Barkley. He Saquon the game. He Saquon the game. Well, I'm going to change my fantasy name right now. Uh, he is back. Needless to say, Saquon Barkley is is back to being his monster self. I actually in our in our fantasy league, I acquired Saquon Barkley uh, before he started to go off. I traded uh, Keenan Allen and Joe Mixon for one Saquon Barkley and Cortland Sutton, who was playing well at the time, but now not so much. But I got Saquon Barkley in that trade before he blew up, and now that he's playing at the Saquon Barkley level. As the sirens go by outside of us to to put out this fire that is Saquon Barkley. Saquon is Saquon. Like I don't know if he's fully back to being the, the pre-injury Saquon that we're seeing. But he's getting there. The offensive line sucks in New York. Oh, but... absolutely. But the, he's still going to, you know, he's not going to, he's going to have some limited uh, practice participation tags on him as the as yeah, the weeks I mean, he's go the by. number two running back on that team right but behind daniel jones oh my gosh but he he's going to be good moving forward for your fantasy teams 100 percent. he looked good it's probably too late to go out and trade for him now because his value has skyrocketed but still try i would say We'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the biggest game of the year that happened this past Sunday um, between the New England Patriots and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which was the return of Tom Brady to Foxborough to play against his mentor of many years in Bill Belichick. What were your thoughts from that game? The Bucks ended up winning in a really close matchup, kind of a boring matchup. I, that me. was that was going to be my takeaway, was that it was... I was really hoping that this game was going to be... Or it was going to not be a defensive game. And I, I said on last week's episode that it might be a defensive game, and I didn't want that. 
Um, and this, it ended up being what's, what happened. Um, I think Tom Brady had to have been a little bit emotional coming back to this game. Um, with especially the reception that he got, everyone loved him and they showed love for him and they, they cheered him as soon as he came out. Um, there were signs for him all around the stadium. They showed him love throughout the entire game. So you're not going to get like a, a lights out Tom Brady after, after that kind of a reception, you know, like it's just like when Kyle Lowry comes back to Toronto, he's, he's not going to have a good game because he's, he's not going to be in, you know, that, that lights out mindset. He's not going to be in that, that caged animal mindset. Um, yeah, Tom Brady was not in that caged animal mindset. He, he came out and, you know, he was probably feeling the warm fuzzies of being back in Foxborough with that great reception from that crowd. Um, he just wasn't, wasn't playing like he's been playing throughout this season. And it was a, it was a closer game than a lot of people anticipated. Um, uh, it always sucks when, you know, these games that are so hyped up end up not being the exciting games that they, that people make them out to be. But, um, it, it was still cool to see. Yeah, I mean, as soon as Tom Brady came out, the whole, the entire arena at Foxborough was chanting Brady. Yeah. Brady. Mm -hmm. And then they booed him after his entrance in his first series. So after, you know, after giving him the tribute that he, he was rightfully, you know, needing after winning six titles with his team... He came out and, you know, the entire crowd's like, okay, time to move on. He's the opponent. I don't Let's think they were, they were saying time to move on. I think they were saying, like, you know, we're going to give you an extra dose of the, the New England yeah. crowd reaction. Like, they're not, they're not booing him because they don't like him. They're booing him because, you know, this is the name of the sport. This is, you know, you're the enemy for this next... I mean, four like, quarters. The, the, this entire buildup for this game, like, did you watch the entire, like, from start to finish of this game? Uh, I didn't watch this game from start to finish, no. So, at the beginning, the segment that NBC played yeah, going into this I game was yeah, Adele. I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, to, to use Adele in a moment like this, where they had Hello from the Other Side playing... <laughs> And showing Tom Brady winning his Super Bowl, going into Foxborough. I thought that was fucking marketing genius. Genius. Doing, doing that. And Didn't Tom Brady pick that song, though? Uh, did he? Because I know he put together, or he kind of like almost produced a comeback video. Like a return video. We got to find that out. We definitely got to find that Anyways, out. This entire game was, was a game of chess between Tom Brady in between Bill Belichick. I just couldn't believe the actual game where Tom Brady, you know, didn't really play that well in the rain. A lot of passes were off. He didn't have any touchdowns. He didn't have any interceptions, but he played well enough to get this, get his team to win, you know, and his defense came through, but Mac Jones looked great. I couldn't believe that Bill Belichick didn't have enough faith in Mac Jones to let him go for it on that fourth down, the fourth and three. He's been playing well. You can't. You don't have enough faith in your quarterback and your rookie quarterback to get three yards with the way he's been playing that game. He had like twenty receptions in a row, twenty completions in a row. Sorry, completions. Yeah. And then they decide to kick a fifty-three yard field goal that 
doinked off the the upright and evidently lost into the game. But you know, in in the rain too, trying a fifty three yard field goal. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that's what it came down to: a very like melancholy, very melodramatic ending to this game and after the game i was i was kind of disappointed you know not seeing tom brady go off as everyone thought he would in in foxborough in his return but after the game we heard him even say hey they're the they're the team that i have the hardest time beating because i don't want to beat them they're my team but he has now he's one of three players to beat every team in the nfl yeah so that's pretty cool did you see during this game, like when they kept zooming in on Steve Belichick, like one of the assistant coaches, Bill yeah. Belichick's son, mm-hmm. and the fucking weird ass faces he was making, like with his tongue out and, and shit, like it was, it he was didn't, super he didn't know how weird. To feel. He didn't know how to feel in this game. I feel like he just knew that the camera was on him. Like he knew that this was my moment to make a very, you know, like viral <laughs> GIF here. I'm going to make so many memes this with is, his face Yeah, here. it had to have been because he's been an assistant since 2012 with the Patriots, working with his dad. And, you know, like, I I feel like he must he must have known the camera was on him at all times because he's making weird faces, like, with his eyes wide open, his tongue out. Like, like <laughs> I don't know, understand why he would be doing that. But For the memes, Neil, for the memes. Maybe he was just, like, on an incredible amount of drugs when he was doing this. But, for, yeah, for the memes. Or maybe he mixed Red Bull and Starbucks. Have you ever done that? No, Shit's that doesn't insane. sound like a good time, though. Shit's insane. Uh, let's not forget that this was the game where Tom Brady beat Drew Brees' record as well. Mm-hmm. Tom Which Brady's, we all knew was going to happen. He needed 68 yards. Unless yeah. he you know, went through a gruesome injury, it was going to happen. It was always going to happen. Um, one question I wanted to ask, um, moving on from this game, through four weeks with the Cardinals being the only undefeated team right now in the NFL, Mm -hmm. are they the best team in your mind going forward? (sighs) I have an answer, but I want to hear your answer first. I have an answer. I don't think so. I don't think they're the best team. I think they've, you know, taken advantage of their opportunities. I still think Kansas city is the best team in the NFL, the team that you will need to beat. Um, LA Rams, close second and then tom brady's team the buccaneers are right behind them at number three i don't think the arizona are even top three no you know they're probably top five i just don't kyler murray's playing at an mvp type level right now i just don't know if you know their defense will be sustained they almost lost to jacksonville Mm -hmm. last two weeks ago Mm -hmm. they should have lost to jacksonville two weeks ago so I mean, yeah, like they they are number one. A lot of pundits will say they are the number one team in the league because they're four and zero. They're the only undefeated team. But here we are. What do you think? Uh, I think the Steelers went eleven and zero last season, and look where that ended up. Um, my favorite to win the Super Bowl coming into this season was the Rams, and I think it's still the Rams. The Rams are the best team in the NFL right now. They have the best two players, arguably, on defense in Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. Mm -hmm. They have Matt Stafford, who fits the Sean McVay offense so well. 100%. They have a top five running back in the league in Daryl Henderson. Um, I do mean that. He is a top five running back on that team. I agree. It took him a while to get to that level. but Yeah, there was some skepticism on whether he was going to be in a timeshare 
with Sony Michelle, but Sony Michelle, you will probably never hear from him again this year no. after that fumble. Yeah. Uh, but no, the the Rams. I think Matt Stafford was was the missing piece that Sean McVay needed. Um, for this for this team. Yeah, they had a bad game this week. I mean, it happens. It happens yeah. to, to great teams. They have bad games. Yeah, you don't want to be going into the playoffs yeah. with an undefeated record. Big big don't. matchup tomorrow night though with the Rams in a probably a bounce back spot now against the Seahawks on Thursday night football. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a fun game. What do you think is going to happen in that game with your number one Rams? Uh, they're going to win. Um, against uh, the Seahawks? It's a good matchup. I think the Rams are going to beat the Seahawks, yes. I, I don't have any issues saying that the Rams are going to beat the Seahawks. I, I do think it's going to turn into a bit of a shootout. The Rams have a great defense, but Russ needs a, a game to bring himself back to, and, and even in the MVP conversation. Like at this point last year, Russ was in the MVP conversation, but he's not right now. And I think yeah. he needs to he needs a game to to bounce back into that conversation. And I think a Thursday night primetime game versus one of the best teams in the league, the best team in the league, I think is a, is the time to do it. These For Thursday sure. night games are getting better and better, eh? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Some like no one expected, teams. no one expected the Trevor Lawrence versus uh, Joe Burrow game to be good last week. It's a great game. It was a great game. We're yeah. seeing great games Sunday nights, Thursday nights. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like we're we're Thursday nights were always a laughing like the the two shittiest teams going face to face. You know, like us last week, an zero three team against a, a one and two one and two team. <laughs> yep, and but it was the matchup of the week. It was the matchup of the week. <laughs> uh should we move on? Yeah, I mean, there, let's talk a little bit about injury concerns. That's what I was going to move on um, to. Saw a lot of injuries this year, or this week. Yeah, this year, we have seen a lot of injuries. And it just goes to show, you know, this is a very unpredictable uh, league that, that you're in, right? So mm-hmm. this past week, Jimmy Garoppolo, Teddy Bridgewater, David Montgomery, Joe Mixon, and DJ Chark. DJ Chark's now out for the year. Montgomery out for a up to five weeks. Four to five weeks. Garoppolo, yeah. we don't know the severity of his calf injury. Bridgewater has a concussion, and Joe Mixon has a sprained ankle. So, I mean, these players, huge implications on their team, you know, going into week five. But that kind of segues into what we're going to talk about right now, which is our FPAL. <laughs> fantasy uh, pickups of the week. Our fantasy pickups of the week. Neil, would you like to start it off? We're going to give you two each. Two each. Would you like to start us off? Neil? You start us off. Go ahead. I am going to start us off with um, a little bit of a story. How's that? I love stories. Okay. So, uh, I <laughs> right after a the draft. Backstory? A little backstory. Yeah. Okay. Right after the draft happened in our league, Neil drafted Trey Lance before I did. Um, which I was upset about. Josh almost flipped his couch that he was sitting on. 100%, and reasonably so. Um, so right after the draft, I, I, I threw everything at the wall trying to get Trey Lance from Neil, thinking that Trey Lance was going to be the starter week three. Jimmy Garoppolo was going to come out um, after the first two weeks, be absolutely terrible. Trey Lance was going to take over week three. Um, going into this season, Garoppolo looked okay. He didn't look great, but he looked, he looked like he was going to keep the starting job for quite a while. 
Um, and then the Trey Lance uh, value went down and down and down and down. And then I decided a week or last week to Wait drop. Wait a second. Is your pickup of the week Trey Lance? Uh, I'm, getting there. <laughs> I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I'm keeping it a mystery. Okay. Um, so I dropped him last week. Long story short, I dropped him last week. Jimmy Garoppolo got injured uh, in the first half of this past Sunday. Trey Lance came in, stole a show. He looked okay on the field, but fantasy-wise, he he's a monster. And so because I dropped him so close to the game, um, in our league, you're not allowed to pick up that same player after you drop him. If, if you are the one who dropped him and he goes on waivers, you can't put in a waiver claim for someone that you drop. Right. And so the waiver period after I dropped him went into the game that he played. So it was st- he was still on the same waiver period going into last night. Mm-hmm. And so our waivers go through at, at I think, 4 a.m. this morning. I set my alarm for 4.30 this morning to wake up and try and pick up Trey Lance if no one put in a waiver claim for him. Someone put in a waiver claim for Trey Lance, and I woke up at 4.30, looked at my phone, threw my phone across the room, and went back to bed. That was how I started started this day. I do not have Trey Lance on my team. My fantasy pickup of the week is Trey Lance. Uh, he's going to be a fantasy monster. If you have the opportunity or if you are in need of a quarterback, go out and get this man. Jimmy Garoppolo is still questionable, but if Trey Lance comes out and even, you know, starts this game on Sunday before their bye week and even has like a decent game, he's going to be the starter going forward. Pick up Trey Lance. My first pickup of the week, fantasy pick of the week, my first FPAL candidate, is Arizona running back James Conner. And James Conner is an individual, you know, he's now owned in 83% of leagues. He might have been dropped in your league. You know, coming into this week, he was roughly 70 to 75% old. Owned, pardon me. 75% old? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I said. Nice. But um, James Conner, over the last two weeks, has been given... The goal line touches. Let's face it. Kyler Murray is going to get some of these. But if it's not Kyler Murray, it's James Conner. You're going to want the number one goal line back in the best offense in the league. You're just going to want to. By default alone, he's going to get you a touchdown or two every game. And I feel like, you know, James Conner, depending on how well that that Arizona team is doing, and they're going to blow out some teams. James Conner is going to get touches. He's going to get touches when they're needing to run down the clock. Mm-hmm. You know, he's going to get touches. He might do absolutely nothing with it. You know, as case in point, this past game where he had 18 rushing attempts, only 50 yards, or he might break one off for 70 yards. It's bound to happen sometime. Even the worst running backs in the league find holes every now and then. 100%. But that being said, over the last two weeks in standard leagues, so non-PPR, he's had 17 points and 18.6. So, I mean, that's RB1 numbers right there. If you can get this guy, stash him on the bench, spot start him, flex him, get him on your bench. James Conner. 100%. I agree with that. Uh, my next pick, my second pick, um, I'm actually looking at it in our league. Um, you actually have this. It uh, it's not a player. It's a defense. Uh, you have this defense, and that is the New England Patriots. 
if you look at this week and going forward, they're playing Houston this week. You're going to get a lot of points from that. Houston. Uh, you're playing Dallas next week, and then you're playing Jets after that. This is a. It doesn't have to be like a streaming defense. The Patriots. If you go and pick up this defense, if they're not rostered, they're rostered in quite a few leagues right now. Yeah. But there's a chance that they're not rostered in yours. Go and check them out because you can hang on to them for the next at least three weeks. It's a good pickup. My final pickup of the week. Go out and get this guy. He's not owned in 100% of leagues yet. It's a tight end from the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> I saw this coming. He's got. He's potentially got bloodlines with the infamous Amanda Knox. <laughs> you had to throw that in there, didn't you? <laughs> potentially. This is not confirmed. We may need to look into this after the show. <laughs> But his name is Dawson Knox. Dawson and Knox. And we were talking about having pieces on good offense just now with having James Conner. This is an individual who is getting goal line looks. He's getting red zone looks by Josh Allen. He's a big figure. He's actually starting to take, a lo- take away a lot of touches from Cole Beasley, who was you know, a target monster. Over the last couple of games, his his targets have been increasing steadily. He's gone from five to six to eight, and he's doing a lot with them. He's had two touchdowns in back-to-back games. Like He is a tight end you want on your team, especially in a league that doesn't have a lot of good tight ends. Exactly. He was available for absolutely nothing for the last three weeks. He may still be available in your league. Go fucking pick this guy up because he may be a league winner for you. So you're going to be flexing a tight end then? I could potentially flex a tight end this wow. week. Were All you right. looking at my team? Uh, I'm thinking about who you have on your team, and there's no way you're going to sit George Kittle. George Kittle is on a week six bye, and there is thoughts of me hanging on to Knox, including next week. (laughs) There's thoughts. (laughs) You've talked to your team, and you talk to your front office, and there's thoughts that you're going to hang on to. There's still a lot of back and forth here, but you know, like I think consensus is saying we may need to start Dawson Knox, who has potential ties to the infamous Amanda Knox. To start him during George Kittle's. I should take a drink Kittles. every time you mention a potential connection. We need to find this out, though. Like uh, The sure. spelling's the same. They kind of look similar. <laughs> Just stop <Yeah>. it. <laughs> We're going to find this out. We'll find this out. We'll post something about we'll it. We'll get more to uh, That is our show. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for this fun one. Yeah, well, we'll see you again next week, guys. Thanks a lot. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Shoot Your Thought Podcast. 